What is up, internet? Welcome to another episode of the Devil's Advocate for Self-Defense podcast. This is episode 43. All right, everybody. So we got a, a friend of mine. Well, a friend of mine. I've met him. We met in person, right, Martin? We met in yes. person in Germany. In yeah. Germany. So I've, I've actually met somebody in person, which isn't always the case here. Uh, and Martin and me talk back and forth pretty considerably. So I'm uh, really excited to have him on the show. We're going to get to Martin in a second because this might be the first time you've ever heard this show. Maybe you are a fan of Martin and you have no idea who this chubby Canadian is talking to him. So this is the devil's advocate for self-defense. The podcast that we're trying to create here is a pointed discussion about major issues in the self-defense world. So we each week we cover a different topic. This week we're gonna be covering something that I think is probably one of the most debated things that happens. Now, I want everybody to understand, number one, that we are going to be just debating our point of the uh, topic. This does not necessarily represent our actual thoughts or feelings on this subject. So for the free portion of the show, the part you're hearing right now, we are just using, we're just trying to debate to prove a point, which we have probably no emotional attachment to ideally, which is why the show stays so civil. If you want to hear actual thoughts on this topic, especially mine, because of the side that I'm taking, I'm sure I'm going to get some hate from the side that I'm taking. If you want to hear my actual thoughts, jump onto Patreon, Randy King Live at the $5 level, and we have bonus content from every single podcast we do from all of the shows that are doing, nope, all the shows that are right over here. I can't, I'm not good at the camera yet. All of the shows that are on the side here behind me. So Devil's Advocate, uh, WTF, and Randy King Live with. So let's introduce our guests, then we'll go over the rules and we'll get right into the debate. Martin, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hello, internet people. My name is Martin and I'm a self-defense instructor from Germany. I started also just uh, doing Krav Maga for a couple of years. And then when I met Rory and Richard Dimitri, everything changed and I started to look at it from a more holistic viewpoint, like a lot of you have probably. And ever since then, I've been expanding and researching and looking for new information and stuff. That's how I met Randy too, about a friend of mine. And yes, uh, starting this year, I made my own training methodology and I'm going independent now, basically with the training and trying to bring some new insight into the self-defense world. Awesome, Martin. Thank you so much for telling everybody about yourself. So how the show works very simply is we have a 20 minute, I'm going to say the word debate, even though the word has been tainted so much. We have a 20 minute debate based on the topic we've chosen. Martin has chosen his side ahead of time. And I always take the opposite side of the effect, hence making me the devil's advocate for self-defense. So this week we are going to be debating the topic of is sparring good for self-defense? So is the act of training and sparring or adding sparring to your training good for self-defense? The show has a couple of rules. And so I want everybody to understand how the show works. So number one, rule number one is we start as friends, we leave as friends. This again is a pointed discussion. So even though the word debate is in the show, at no point should we be heated or, or get in trouble. And I don't want Martin to never talk to me again. So the point of this is to, is for you, the listener, to create your own opinion on these things. Stop listening to experts in the field and learn your own opinion on a lot of stuff. With that, in order to keep it civil, we have the second rule, which is you are not allowed to use one of the 15 logic fallacies that I sent ahead of time. Now, if you want to know what those logic fallacies are in detail, please jump to episode one where I walk through each of the logic fallacies. If myself or my guest is caught in a logic fallacy, the rule is we take a page out of Rory Miller's conflict communications book. 
So Martin catches me in a straw man fallacy and says, hey, Randy, I'm going to stop you. That's a straw man. I will take a deep breath. <sighs> Apologize. Actually, Martin, sorry. I got a little, I got a little in that. I used, the, I used the straw man fallacy. And then just for fun, we're going to throw a compliment over the person. Uh, Martin, I love the logo of your school that's on your shirt right now. So that's how it works. And then I secede my turn and the other person gets to talk. Martin gets the first four minutes of the debate up to the first four minutes of the debate to set the debate up in the way he wishes. So I think that's everything we need to know. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Uh, Martin, which side of this debate are you taking? I will argue that sparring is good for self-defense. All right. So again, the game of the show is now I need to argue that sparring <laughs> is not good for self-defense. One more time, only debating my side of this. Don't at me with hate if you don't listen to the Patreon portion of the show. All right, Martin, are you ready to go? Yes. Awesome. So I will start the clock now. Well, I want to start by defining sparring. For me, sparring is a training event that is not scripted, but within a clearly announced reference frame. What I mean by that is basically it's allowed to use every punch you want, but only punches. So the combinations does not matter, but you're not allowed to kick. Just for example, clear reference frame, no clear script within, no attacker, no defender, everybody's allowed to do everything. Also, there's a, some kind of safety mechanism because it's training, we can't injure ourselves for real. The least amount of safety mechanism is that the people have training experience and common sense, common sense, but most of the time there's some kind of equipment, for example, boxing gloves. Also, there's a predetermined start and ending point that can be whatever you want. It can be on a timer, can be on goal setting, can be on how many punches everybody got in, doesn't really matter. So there's a start, there's an end, there's safety, there's stuff that is allowed, stuff that is forbidden, but within this frame, you can move freely. That's part. Are we good on this definition, Randy? I think so. Um, let me just double check here. So the, the word everything. So you say everything is allowed within the rules that are set. So like if it's boxing, you're just allowed to use your hands. If it's wrestling, you're just allowed to, you're not allowed to punch, you're allowed to wrestle. Is that what you're saying? So everything allowed within yes. the rules that are set. Yep, I'm good with that. Perfect. With this, I'm gonna move to my starting argument. Uh, within self-defense, there's a, use, a huge part that is training for physical violence. In the most extreme, situations you have to stop the attacker with violence on your own so it is important to know and to apply force and sparring is the closest training simulation we have for applying force on a freely acting and resistant opponent so somebody that is not willingly cooperating with what you're doing but you actually have to force him to do what you want randy I disagree with that 100%. So uh, sparring is not the only way. Scenario training does a much better way of handling self-defense situations than sparring does. Because inside a armored uh, scenario training, you could do far, far more stuff. Like most of the time in the rules of sparring, you're not allowed to verbally assault somebody. You're not allowed to pull a weapon that's not allowed because that's not inside the rules. Where in scenario training, you could do that. I think Scenario training is leaps and bounds better, a better mechanism than sparring for self-defense. Martin. Yes, I've seen that one coming and I would argue that sparring is the physical component of scenario training. Mm -hmm. We've talked about a starting and an end point. The start point can be somebody's talking to you, verbally assaulting you and then punching you. And that's like the starting point of the sparring section for the scenario training. Also, the, the framing of the somebody's pulling a weapon, so um, 
it's something has happened that you've not encountered for that is also possible to do within this frame if you're saying everything is allowed unless you're hurting the other guy for real like a very very wide frame of reference mm -hmm. it is totally allowed to cheat and to use a weapon that the other guy has not seen before and what i what I, I would like to to add some one thing more for this because the i think the biggest problem with sparring is that most people think of a dual sparring like sparring for a contest or we used boxing as an example boxing is a, is a symmetric event both people have the same stuff on their side and most of the time same weight etc etc if we switch sparring from symmetric fighting to an asymmetric fighting point we have a way a closer relationship to actual violent events. Sure, disagree. So uh, I, your def, you didn't include that in your definition of sparring. So uh, I don't agree with your new definition of sparring. You just pivoted with me on. Sparring is a symmetrical way for safety in training. You cannot add unknown things into sparring. So you're, you're bleeding scenario training and this definition of scenario training and sparring, you're bleeding together. And I, I disagree with that. Sparring needs to be, it could be asymmetrical in a weight class, but it's usually based one-on-one. -on -one. And it's usually based. And so I'm using the industry standard here. Whether if you have a different definition of sparring in your gym, that's fine. But internationally speaking, when people say sparring, and that's what we're debating here, they're talking about the ring, the gloves, the 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 things that are allowed. So you can spar with weapons, but nobody's allowed to have hidden weapons, right? Like that's not part of the sparring context for the safety factor. Scenario training is separate from that. So do you want to uh, maybe let's let's clean up this definition of, of sparring a little bit? Go ahead, Martin. Okay, if we um, look a little bit more into the detail and say it has to be clearly announced for every participant what is allowed and what is not, mm -hmm. and just not by uh, like like by default. So it's just what is clearly pronounced you can do, and not what is left out of the definition. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. Okay, if we, if we continue on this lane, I will not. Um, argue that scenario training supersedes sparring, mm -hmm. but I will say there are some elements of sparring that are way more necessary yeah. than um, in the dual-based setting of sparring. And one thing I really like is that you cannot only practice fighting, but you can practice violence in a sense that you can learn to emotionally hurt another human being, not just a, a, boxing bag or, or kick shield, but there is a human person and you punch them in the face. That's emotionally extremely hard for most people. So sparring is the tool to practice violence on an emotional level, but also um, on a level of how you can manipulate the situation to your advantage, not just play by the rules the other guy is setting. I agree with that. I think uh, I can't say anything about that. I do think sparring is definitely a great step towards experience true violence, but I do not, I do not think it's true violence. There's a lot of things that happen in sparring um, that are usually, again, because we can only debate how it's used all the time. We can't use like a one outlier in it. Sparring, when you go into sparring, there's an implied, um, there's an implied deal that the person's going to leave safely. Like you're not going to injure your partner when you're sparring. There's an implied deal in that. So in that it makes sparring more of a, a skill test and less of a real snapshot of violence. So it's about, can I land this jab? Can I sink this choke? Can I disarm this weapon? Right. And again, while that is helpful, 
there's a bunch of glaring errors in that one when i like when i'm sparring i'm not trying to kill any of my students and anybody that does will get thrown out of the gym anybody that spars too hard is gonna get tossed out of that gym so they're not really experiencing violence they are taking they're putting their toes in the water but there's better ways than sparring to get there the other thing it starts to build up is some bad habits number one it builds up and again i'm saying traditional sparring it builds up i get to know when the fight starts I know when the fight's going to end. I can just lay here and the fight's going to be over. I don't have to keep fighting. If I'm grappling and tired, I can just hold you until the timer runs out. That's not what you get to do in real life. So it builds false senses of security. Martin. First, I'm going to call you a little bit on a false dilemma. Sure. Because of course, in sparring, you will not try to kill the other guy. Mm -hmm. But that's in the complete training and every single nope. exercise. You will Disagree. never try to really hurt and kill the other person. Oh yeah, you do that scenario. Training. Yeah, yes. you do. That's what the armor's for. You put the armor on, you beat the crap out of that person until the until you're pulled off in a scenario. That's why scenario training can't be done poorly. And that's why you have to armor up. Like people aren't armoring up at the local boxing gym. They're wearing like their headgear because of allowed targets. So I don't think that's a false dilemma that saying that people try not to hurt their partners and they will get thrown out if they do, because that's what happens. Good, 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 good okay. call though. Okay, uh, fair enough. Then let's say the intensity and scenario training is even higher than sparring. Sometimes, yep. Okay, let's frame it like this. Sure. Okay. Um, what was your second part again? Some reiteration, please. Uh, so I believe, so the first point was, oh, the second thing is that when you're working inside the rules of a sparring event, you have some false security, right? So you're on level ground. You are matted. You are in a safe area and you can run the clock out. And this this builds this bad habit of not trying to consistently fight for your life. But I would argue that is not the um, failure of the sparring as a training exercise, but it's a failed design in the training itself. Because we implement a training exercise from a sporting-based system like boxing, jiu-jitsu, whatever, into a self-defense component, and that's not fully translating. Because self-defense always has a goal. Whether the goal is escaping or uh, damaging the other guy or controlling doesn't really matter. But you always have to work goal-orientated. And within most sparring um, exercises, you just um, focus on what will win this encounter, not on a strategic level. But that's, that's very hard to argue because it's a, a training error, not an error within the sparring. So, but, but again, the debate is, is sparring good for self-defense? So I think you actually made my point better than I did, which is in self-defense, you need to have that tactical thinking. So why would I put sparring into my training when I can do other things that will enhance that? Why would I, let's say I only have three hours of training a week. Why would I add sparring in when I could add other drills that will be more effective for self-defense? That's the debate we're having. Yes. Okay, then I'm going to switch to a little bit of another venue onto this. Awesome. And I'm saying sparring is an excellent integration exercise. So you can do a lot of different things like uh, power generation, timing, movement, structure, all that stuff. And you stuff it within one exercise where you also get hit back and you have very little time to analyze and think what you will do. So you can integrate all that skills under pressure. I love that. I think that's a really good integration exercise. That's going to come up in the on the ropes portion of Patreon because that was a really good point. Uh, of course, I have to counter. That's my job on the show. So uh, I think I, I agree with that. But sparring, yes, it's an integration, but it's a false. It's a false integration. It's like saying, 
it's like saying that like, I don't know, I don't, I don't got a good, I got a good analogy here. I just, people, if you look at a real, if you look at real violence, which I know you do. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't, I'm not, it doesn't matter. If you look at real violence, like people do, <laughs> my apologies. Um, they never look like a sparring match. Nobody's hitting and then waiting and timing. And again, the, the, the base of the game is based off of a kind of a conversation. You go, I go, you go, I go. Where in a self-defense situation, it's just they're going. And so, yeah, after the first couple of punches, sure, sparring is helpful. But after that, everything else is incorrect when it comes to a self-defense situation. Also, again, starting from the, you can you can spar from the back and from the side, but most people don't. So also multiple opponents, other environments. There's just so many things that aren't included. So again, I'm really working off the we only have so much time in a day principle. If you are in your 20s, you have unlimited time to train, then sure, you can spar and whatever. But you get, if you get to my age, around 40, you only have limited time. And if your focus is self-defense, which, again, is the point of this debate, there's just so many other drills that will benefit you. I don't know if sinking the time. And other than, like I said, that first punch and weathering that, the rest of the sparring is it's it's inaccurate. And in a self-defense situation, if anybody went into a sparring mentality, you could just bail. You wouldn't need to, to deal with the person, right? So if somebody squares up, it's like, what's up? I know Muay Thai, you should be like leaving. Oh, Muay Thai, neat. That's very interesting, right? Like you should be leaving. So uh, Martin, what are your thoughts on that? Although again, as an integration exercise, I, I don't disagree. I have to say, if you're looking at sparring from this perspective, like like the Muay Thai fighter who's coming at you, there's, mm -hmm. there's no similarities in self-defense because the goal's changing, you can run, like you said. And I can't really argue that because if you just do sparring dual-based, there's very little use. So I'm, I, I have to give you this point, uh, this point, and I will talk about it a little bit on the ropes, I think. Um, but I, I want to use uh, another one. Sure. And you said like the... You, you get the first hit and still keep moving. Mm -hmm. So you get get a feeling for what it is to get punched in the face for the physical and the emotional reactions, how fast you can think and what you will do within this uh, second of, uh, of you being scared and hurt. So you can train the first moment of a physical encounter to sparring. So if you do like micro sparring, just for a very short fraction of time with a more uh, realistic simulation for a self-defense encounter. And then you, you would have the need to, to uh, use some other methods to incorporate into self-defense. Sure. I don't think anybody but you at this moment would classify that as a sparring match, though. I don't think anybody would say, hey, we're going to hit you, then you're going to react. Nobody would say this is micro sparring. Other than you for this debate, I don't think that would be classified. While I agree with you, I don't think it's sparring. Okay, um, then I will make another point. Awesome. I, I've heard somewhere that fighting is high-speed problem solving. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> keep going, keep going. <laughs> and sparring is an event where you have very little time to react and to analyze. So it's an, even if the distance and the attacks are not super correct for self-defense, you get a taste of what it is to make a decision under very, very little time, and you will get rewarded or punished. So if you make a bad decision, you will get hurt because you get punched. So there's a conditioning factor. I'm not saying the conditioning is good for the technique or the tactics, but I'm saying it's good to experience uh, very split-second decision-making. Well, whoever said uh, fighting is high-speed problem-solving, fuck me pretty hard on this. Um, but uh, no, that's, that's an excellent point. And, and I can't disagree with that as well. I do think like, and again, I have to debate my side. Listen to the final thoughts on this, people. Obviously, I'm not anti-sparring. Um, I think, though, that 
it's it's an important it's an important factor and i do agree it's high speed problem solving but if you're solving the wrong problems that's not helpful right there's no there's no place where like okay so I throw a punch at you. I'm out of range. You're you're just you're just doing stuff that that's correct. It's just incorrect responses to what we're trying to build. And the you said it earlier, and I'm going to repeat it. The goal set of somebody who is using sparring as a as a major training modality is is trying to accomplish something very different than somebody's trying to to do like a general self defense preparedness. Um, I think that there's just a lot of there's just the flaws in my opinion, outweigh the benefits of it. So the, the way it starts, the way you can run the clock, the way the, the, the safety gear in the manner it's used. Cause like, so again, I'll use scenario training. Cause of course this was coming up, but in scenario training, like you have gloves that are like hands. If you're boxing, for example, your gloves aren't like hands. So even then, like you're, you would land punches with the gloves that you would never land with an empty hand. And you could, you can cover with a glove like when i teach a dirty boxing class like we cover our head with our hand but if you have gloves on you could just put your hand here because this whole pillow is protecting you so it's building incorrect reflexes due to the safety factor and like the thing i can't stress enough is the intent the intent mindset of sparring doesn't bode well to somebody like at the beginning sure like once you get punched in the face a couple of times it's good but then it start the benefits start to level off like the first little bit all right i'll give you that but as, as a time factor thing, if I'm going to keep going, the, it quickly plateaus and then starts to dip the benefits you gain. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, hard to argue from this perspective without using circular logic on my end, because <laughs> I would like to say, yeah, it's a problem of the goal setting, but I'm not going, I'm not going to do this. Okay. So if you're saying the benefits of sparring diminish over time, that's so the more often you're doing it, the less benefits you have. Yep. Was it right? Yeah, effectively, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I can't believe that you who speak English as a second language found diminished faster than I did as English as a first language. But keep going. You're killing it. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to argue. Um, if you're saying the benefits uh, were less every time you do it, mm -hmm. it's not the failure of the sparring methodology, but it's a failure of the instructor to spar that much. So if mm -hmm. there are benefits... You should do the exercise to the amount of times where you can harvest the benefits and afterwards switch to something else. Sure. So, but if the benefits come after three times, what's the point of even including it when I can get those benefits from other drills? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. But if we, if we look at scenario training for a small second again, there's yep. a huge uh, amount of time and equipment that goes into scenario. So sparring is like the, the little brother that is not equally as good as scenario training, but you can do it in a shorter fraction of time and with less resources required. So I'm going to use, uh, that was a really good point. I'm going to use the page out of your book. If I'm running a self-defense gym and I don't have the equipment to run scenarios, is that not the same thing you said with the sparring? It's the instructor's fault for not providing the benefit of it? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so... And to be fair, gear's expense is very prohibitive. It's like fifteen hundred to like two thousand dollars a suit. I get that, but again, just just for this point, if I'm trying to provide this self defense program, should not that be the first thing that I invest in in order to give the best uh, outlet for my clients, right? Okay, yeah, that's uh, let's from a re resource perspective, that's fair enough, I would sure. say. And yeah. um, I would not want to go deeper into the question of uh, whether you can afford a suit or not because it's not that beneficial mm -hmm. or sparring. 
Um, I'm going to throw another one in. We have one minute left, just so you know, one minute. Okay, then then the last one, very quick. Pressure testing. Yeah. Can you technique on a cooperating partner or on a resisting partner? If your technique is good, it should work inspiring. So there is a testing factor to see if your technique is good or not. Yep, and I can't disagree with that. I think there is no better place, especially with the open stuff, to work one specific technique. So yes, two, I will concede to pressure test one technique, sparring is a great way to do it. But again, self-defense is very holistic. And if you're only looking for a technical answer, you're, 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 you're looking at the trees, not the forest, right? So if you're just working for the one thing, there is a benefit to it, but I don't know how effective it is when it comes to this whole thing. All right, Martin, we're out of time, buddy. That was great. That was so good. I'm always, I always feel so dumb when somebody does so well against me when English is not their first language. You crushed it. You did so good. That was such a fun debate. I definitely want you back on the show. You came yes. very prepared. Listeners, if you want to be on the show, take a page out of Martin's book. He re-listened. He listens to the show. That helps. He re-listened to episode one, so he knew the logic fallacies, and he came with the heat. He had points. He knew exactly what he was going to say. He walked into that definition. That's what, make this, that's what makes this such a good debate. We're going to jump over to Patreon here in a second after Martin promotes all of this stuff. If you are in Germany, go work with Martin. I love, I love where his thought processes are. I'm watching his videos on uh, Instagram. We chat. I really, I think the direction he's going is the same direction I would go in the place he's at. So I, I'm, this is like an actual endorsement. He's doing really, really well. So I don't endorse often. So Martin, keep up the good work. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you? So, thanks, Randy. I started the Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube about a month ago. So you can find me on Instagram at critical underscore response. Facebook, it's critical response self-defense. And YouTube, sadly, I have not gotten a nice uh, named link for myself, but I'm working on it. Also have a homepage, critical-response.com, where every social media link is in. Most of my content is in German for the time, but I'm working to go a little bit more at least put some basic stuff into English so some people at least can see what I'm doing but um, for the near future most of my stuff will be in German but I highly highly uh, enjoy if some people are coming over leave some comments watch the stuff it's really helpful it's also a lot of fun so thank you Awesome. And uh, people, I know Germany, like my fourth biggest country that downloads podcasts. So if you're in Germany and you're in the area, I know Germany is a big country. Don't get me wrong. But if you're in the area, definitely check them out. All right. We're going to jump over to Patreon. Martin, thank you so much for your time. That was such a fun debate. And let's, uh, let's talk actual thoughts on this because you were, you were killing me. All right, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll see you over on Patreon.